I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Okay, uh, we got uh, we got the boys back in town. Yeah. Uh, back in town. We're all in Please studio. Daddy's in the back camera. in town. Daddy's back. Brian with the COVID is it's over. He's back. We're Guess gonna, who just got back today? Uh, we're gonna talk about your COVID sitch, but before we do, I have something to say. Okay, I made a realization, and uh, you know this, you don't, and I think it's gonna be kind of funny to tell you this. This has nothing to do with sick boy. Okay. Actually, maybe maybe it could. It probably has something to do with my mental health now and my relationship with my parents. And uh, we will be talking <laughs> oh, about well, Yes! This we, is the whole yes. episode. This is going to be the whole episode. No, now. it won't be. It's, it's quick. <laughs> um, speaking of relationship with parents, uh, we're recording with Julia Samuel tomorrow. Oh, oh yes. yes. And, she's so um, great. She's coming on. She, she just wrote a new book that's all about family dynamics. But we're going to wait to have that conversation until later in the year because her book doesn't come out to Canada for a while, but Julia Samuel, old past guest of Sick Boy, she's been on twice already. She's fucking incredible. She's probably one of my favorite guests of all time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this kind of ties into that family and family issues. Taylor, I'm so excited for you to hear this. While I set this up, let me just bring up the text conversation that I had with my father oh, recently. No. Oh, um, dude, are you about to fucking air some laundry right now? I'm going to air some fucking laundry. <laughs> now, uh, I don't want to get too deep into it, but being my dad over the last couple of years, um, we, had, we didn't have a falling out or anything, but I was pretty angry at my dad. He did some bullshit. And now, now I'm really fucking angry at my dad uh, because a long time ago, Taylor, I was telling you about... You guys are in such a, a cool club together. Well, because we've been hanging out. You're fucking... You've been, yeah, you're you've been locked in doing dad shit, and me and Brian are getting wasted every fucking night. I've yeah. had some FOMO, I'm not going to lie. But um, I also love my child. <laughs> <laughs> so... So before I read you this text conversation, there was, a, there was a, quite a while ago when I was telling you, uh, we were hanging out, and I was telling you about my family dog, Eric. Eric, <laughs> oh, the wiener That dog. went to the farm. That went to the farm, yeah. Um, and, uh, and I was telling you about like how Eric, he bit, he bit this fucking girl. She had it coming. She was teasing him with food in her, in her hand and wouldn't give it to him. And, and he was trapped in his kennel. And so he bit her. And he, he didn't fucking gnar hand off he's a wiener dog he's a wiener yeah. well actually yeah. wiener dogs are extraordinarily vicious yeah but he's but like a, the size of a wiener dog. if he went yeah. for the throat she would have been dead so anyway he put a little tiny a little tiny teeny hole in her hand and blood was drawn if somebody's an artist can they please draw fan art of eric the vicious wiener dog <laughs> he biting was, a girl's hand he was so cute <laughs> so anyway he bit this fucking dummy that lived across the street and um, she uh, a child or a woman? She was a child. She was okay. she was my age when and I was I was like a little kid. I was like probably 10. And so anyway, <clears throat> um, because he bit this girl, my parent, we had to give him away. 
So my parents gave them to uh, this family that lived out in the valley. They lived on a farm. My dad was like, yeah, we gave them to a farm. So years, years. You were telling this story. I was telling the story to you. And I say it to you, Taylor, and you're like, (laughs) dude, (laughs) that dog did not go to a farm. And I was like, no, no, he fucking did. Yeah, and you're I, like, no, he didn't. I had dogs who went to the farm. Yeah, <laughs> right. So I, so in that conversation, I texted my dad. I was like, look, I'm, I'm fucking getting to the bottom of this. So I texted my dad. This is like fucking four years ago. I was like, hey, dad, um, when Eric, when what happened to Eric? And he goes, oh, we gave him, a, we gave him to a family. Do you like, remember this, Taylor? Uh, I just want to put a put a like. Can can you guys can can listeners post? Photos on Instagram of their do- of all their childhood dogs that went to the farm <laughs> and tag us. Don't please don't. Uh, the trauma. Um, so do you remember this? I texted my dad and I was like, "Yo, did you guys give Eric away?" My dad texted me back and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, we give him to a family." Yeah, yeah. I vag- I vaguely remember that conversation. So having the same conversation the other night with my girlfriend and my buddy Br. We we're talking about family dogs. And I was like, "Yeah," and they and they gave Eric to a farm. And Kira started laughing and i was like i know why you're laughing she goes they didn't give it to a farm that dog's dead and i was like no 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 no. i had this conversation with taylor i texted my dad and she was like i'm pretty sure your dad was lying such a crazy lie to uphold exactly so i was like and, and i'm like i'm a fucking 34 year old man and when i texted him last time this i was probably like 28 right so so i was like no 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 i'll show you and i did the same thing so i, I said did you so i texted my dad on april 13th i said did you really give Eric to a farm or did you guys just put him down? Please tell me the truth. <laughs> My dad texted me back one minute later and said, we had him put down because of a few biting incidents. And I said, I fucking knew it. That's like, it. I literally still today believe that he went to a farm. And he's like, the vet was unsure of the reasons. And we had him check for different things like ear infections and shit and uh, things that would trigger it. And I was like, no, nah, man, that girl had it coming. She was taunting him with food. And he goes, it was the best idea we could come up with, LOL, to tell you guys at that age. LOL. LOL, he says. I was like, well, at least now I know. And he goes, yeah, true. <laughs> so uh, anyway, you were right. Dude, yeah. Eric's dead Dude, as the fuck. farm, because like with me, the farm was always, always, it always got a little bit further away. Like I was like, can I, can I, can we, can we go to the farm? And it was like, was well, like, oh, the farm's a few hours away. And I'd be like, oh, okay. Then we can visit it sometime. And my dad's like, yeah. how many dogs did you and have then, that went to the farm? Uh, dude, we had a lot of dogs. 12. So you know how, wait, why do you have so many dogs? Well, you know, you farm? know how my, you know how my parents were with, well, my dad specifically was with pets, right? Yeah, the same way they were with kids. Yeah. It was like, it was like, <laughs> it was like, Yeah. We own you, but like the world is your oyster. Like, go out and experience it. So it was very much. The with dog all, lived in a suburban neighborhood, and it Lord. just had free with it was all, a free range. Dog. All of all of our cats and all of our dogs, <laughs> free range suburbia. Dog. We had um, we had probably we had uh, fuck, I don't know. We had probably five or six cats, and then Mishka stuck. We had Mishka for a long time. You knew Mishka. That was the only cat Mishka that you knew. Stuck. And then yeah. we had, and then we probably before I moved on to Abby and Way, despite getting hit with a golf club, yeah, full speed, <laughs> and by accident. That's a long story. <laughs> and so before I moved on to Appian when I was ten, and you and I became friends, um, I had probably, I probably had like four dogs, maybe, and they all got hit by cars. Or well, the, our, my first one we had a we had a we had a Newfoundland dog, and he had bad hips. He had to be put down. And so I, when they got when they got hit by cars, like were your parents like the farm? Well, uh-huh. there was there was two that I saw get hit by cars. Right. So I was like, I know they're dead. And but the other ones went to the farm. And you saw two of your dogs. Yeah, get hit I by saw a car. one of my one of my dogs get like 
fucking destroyed by a car. It uh, was like it was dude, like that, like guts and shit. That, I had I was having a conversation the other day about like seeing traumatic events. I haven't really seen anything super traumatic, but I was ta- I was talking I was like actually I was talking about the the episode that we did about the van incident in Toronto, mm-hmm. and I was the conversation I was having was like it, I. I I've never seen something like that, but I feel like if I did, I feel like I would, I would have the ability to like be okay. Definitely would need to like see a therapist and like work through that. But I, I don't think that it would like fuck me for the rest of my life. Now, how, how do I really how know that? Know? I yeah. don't know. But, but I, but I have a feeling like I have a feeling like, okay, I could like work through that. And, but if I saw a dog get hit by a car, I don't think I would, I, I think that would really, really fuck me up. Yeah, I don't think it had much of an effect on me other than being sad in the in the for the dog in in the moment. Yeah. But the dog went to the farm and I would go and then and and and, and I would go, "Well, uh like well then we can visit the farm." And my dad would be like, "Yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of a long drive, but sure." And then, you know, at, at some other point in the future, I'd be like, "Hey, so can we visit the farm now?" And it was like, "Well, the 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 they they had to move him to a farm um the farm is 11 hours away." And like as a kid, your your perception of time is fucked, right? You don't like eleven yeah. hours might as well be fucking China. So like, yeah. you know, oh, we can't go. We like an eleven hour drive doesn't make sense. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, now we need to fly to the farm. And like yeah. now, farms the, in uh, Sao Paulo. So and now, like now, oh, the farms, the farms is too far. And 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 he just the farm just kept on getting farther away until yeah. I just gave up. Do you think your family ever had a conversation about like, oh, okay, we've had several dogs get hit by cars maybe we should like do like an electric fence around the property or like maybe not have free range dogs or you think they were just like hey listen that was the dog's choice to have go you there seen and- my <laughs> parents basement and or garage yeah <laughs> how it's it's like it's like they're not hoarders out of sight but, out they, of mind. but they've gone they've <laughs> gone well let's be hoarders in these locations <laughs> yeah, yeah. so like we won't hoard in our entire house but like we'll hoard like, here let's not put trash out for like a year and just let the trash accumulate in the garage. So we had like a garage that was 40% trash, like from Ew. the floor to the ceiling, just Ew. trash bags. The fuck don't. And and I'd be like, dude, there are wind sa- there are um paris is it parasailing? The big the big fucking surfboards oh, yeah, with yeah, the wind yeah. things on. Dude, yeah. they there are wind sail surfboard things <laughs> in my backyard now <laughs> that my dad has not used since 1993 and i'll Those be like are his yeah and i go yo get rid of them oh, and dude. and it's like and it's like yeah sure yeah. wait wait how does this how does this um come back to the dogs that no matter what you won't change yeah. there's no changing so and also you, no matter what if the dog goes to the farm that dog is dead my dad my dad to roaming animals is like is like is like saying like Donald Trump's going to change his tune. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, it's like not going to happen. Yeah. Oh, um, no. Anyway. So, uh, so Eric's dead. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to record anymore, guys. I'm fucking sad. <laughs> Brian, how was, how was COVID? This whole part of the conversation was sad. Um, COVID, COVID was, it wasn't fun. I'll, I'll tell you what the worst part was. So I got COVID and probably had symptoms for like seven or eight days. And like, even now, I still feel a bit tired in the morning getting Ooh. up, and it's been probably like 15 or 16 days Dude, now. you had a fucking CF cough. I had a bad cough for a few days, yeah. um, and even now, like in the morning, I have a bit of a cough, but the worst symptom that 
that I haven't heard about, I haven't heard anybody else say, was I woke up one morning with a swollen uvula. And I've had this a few times in my life where, you know, I've gone out on like a, like a heavy night of drinking and haven't drank enough water. What's a, u- what's a uvula? It's your hangy ball. ball in the back oh, of your throat. Oh, okay. And so, wait, wait, I thought those were your tonsils. Wait, you no, had a, you, had a, you didn't tell me this. Yeah. So this was, a, I, I had a swoll, swollen uvula. Did you actually? Like so swollen that it, I was, I was almost hard to breathe. Is was that it the same sitting as like on your tongue? Sitting on my tongue. Urethra? Dude. What? Is my, ure- my urethra is. No, that's a different thing. Well, it's just oh. a different word. It's the same. Actually, it's a U word. Actually, my urethra is, is fucked too. I had, I had my first um, UTI this week. Ooh, Bernie, Bernie. <laughs> but I don't think uh, that's COVID. Um, so I, I woke up one morning with a swollen uvula, like, like I had been out on a heavy night of drinking. Dude, I, I had that right when you got diagnosed. Man, you might have had Man, COVID. Man, did I have fucking you COVID have and COVID. gave it to all you guys, but I didn't know? You may, you may have, actually. But I don't so think I'll got tell you it, this. So I'll tell you why. Not you, but there was a bunch of people that I was around. They all got COVID, and I didn't. So right. Jared, you tested a bunch and got, and you never had a positive rapid test. So right. I tested. Rapid. I didn't do a PCR. I tested positive on <clears throat> uh, a Monday night, um, and we had been out. All day a, Saturday. At, we were a, hanging out. And and we had shared like we were drinking we had drink. beers and we we like shared each other's like tasted each other's beers. And anyway, you didn't We had we also had that like lightsaber fight with our tongues just to yeah, see yeah, who's yeah, like fun. who's got the strongest yeah. tongue. That's fun making like the sound of trying to make the sound effects when your tongue was in the back of my throat was so hard. It was like thanks for the thanks for porn. Um but uh so I woke up um about five or six about five or six days into being sick. And the headache was bad. Um, the the like lethargy or like tiredness was was pretty mm. bad. But it wasn't like unbearable. I was just kind of sick. But the morning I woke up with a swollen uvula, I I thought it was because I hadn't been drinking enough fluids. I just assumed, oh, I'm dehydrated. So Holy I shit, drank tripping. Right I drank now. a bunch of water. Like I was mm. on the water hardcore for like two or three days. It, it stayed swollen. For like four days. So did mine. And like it was like two days. Dude, it I mean, was you probably did have it, which is kind of great though, right? Because you just, you know, you just kind of didn't and, feel And that I shitty. was exhausted that week. Remember? Because yeah, we were yeah. supposed to like do something and I, you were like, Do you want to come to the park? And I was like, dude, I like I'm so tired. That's funny, Jerry. You said on Sunday or Monday morning, the the day I got COVID, I think you said I texted you, I said, Hey, how are you feeling? And you said, I'm super hungover. You were really remember you're really hungover? Yeah. I described my symptoms as feeling really hungover. Which is funny because when you were saying you're super hungover, I was like, oh, maybe it just has COVID. But I just, but, I feel like if I had COVID, just because of the CF, I feel like there would have to be other symptoms. Yeah, I have no other idea, than dude. just yeah. tired and uvula. But dude, like, think really about it. There's like millions of people out there that have had COVID that never know. <laughs> right. Um, but, Mil- but anyway. Millions and millions. The, here's, the, here's the crazy part, though, is that um, it was so bad. Like, I felt like I had to keep clearing my throat. Yeah. Like, I kept, like intentionally make like coughing or yeah. or trying to you know clear my throat in some way it was so bad it honestly felt like at at one point in the height of it that it was like psychological torture like it it felt like um i imagine what it feels like to be waterboarded like it's this thing that <laughs> wow. and I, I i genuinely mean that because if you imagine like a water drop hitting your head it you know if you have to deal with that for two or three minutes it's probably that's not, not so waterboarding. Bad. What what is that then? That's oh waterboarding. That's when called you dunk your that's head, called right? Chinese water torture. 
possibly. So, okay, that's, so so that's what I meant. The the water droplet thing. Yeah. So so it was something that was so subtle, but it was so consistent, and I couldn't get rid of it. That it was, it felt like torture. Like honestly, I was like, I wanted to like pull my hair out. It was mm. so um, fucking annoying, and then it just started to go away. Mm-hmm. And one thing that yeah. you said though is that the headache was really wild. And um, yeah. um, there's an article here that uh, you'd prepped for me for the for the episode, which is interesting. This is from the CBC. It's called "Why COVID Headaches Can Be Hard to Shake." And when you should worry, which which you know how people say like your phone is their phone is listening to them and they Mm. get served up ads. Man, I felt like my phone Mm. was not just listening to me, but like intuited that I had covid because the first morning I woke up with a headache. I had a push notification from CBC with this article. With this, yeah. There you go. So for some people with COVID-19, the pain in their skull is so intense, they consider a trip to the emergency room. For others, it might come in throbbing waves or feel like a, consi- a constant mild ache. It could be gone within minutes of taking painkillers or still be there months later. Quote, my head felt like it would explode and no medication was enough to make it better, said uh, An- Ananda Perez, who fell ill late in December. After two days during which she was barely able to move from her bed, the Guelph, Ontario woman said her headache mostly disappeared with just minor pain and sensitivity to light in the days that followed. While loss of smell, fever, and dry cough may be the more publicized symptoms of COVID-19, headache is a common one too. And two years into the pandemic, patients and physicians are beginning to recognize that for some, it may be by far the worst symptom and one that lingers after the others are gone. It's why there's been a push by researchers, including the U.S. National Institutes of Health, to study the little understood long-term neurological symptoms reported uh, in some COVID-19, acute COVID-19 patients, which can include headaches, brain inflammation, ugh, mm. and damage to brain blood vessels. Jesus fucking Christ. I've heard Dude. like brain fog is like is like becoming a very frequent. Yes. My yeah, friend Jordan, thing. she was like, I, I, I felt so stupid. Um, that was the also like besides the swollen uvula, which uh, when I Googled the swollen uvula, apparently when you have a viral infection, it can get inflamed. So, so, so this is why I didn't think I had COVID. With the that's uvula. what happens when you get strep, right? I'm not sure. I, think I, that's I drank. Not a, not a ton, but I drank, I, I guess, it, you know, when I was thinking about it, I was like, I didn't, I, I wasn't, I, I was surprised I was hung over. Mm. I was like, oh, I didn't like, I didn't get fucking, I was, I wasn't drinking Jeremy drinking, you know, like it wasn't like the consistent <laughs> drinking that I'm typically used to fucking drunk. So I was like, well, that's weird. I had like a few drinks, but it wasn't fucked up. But I woke up, my uvula was so swollen and I, I didn't sleep with anyone that night. So, so I, I, so I couldn't, I couldn't confirm this, but I was like, oh, I must have had enough drinks that I was at that like point where my sleep apnea was really apneaing up. Yeah. And I was snoring like crazy. So I thought I snored my uvula into a fucking like grapefruit. Ew. <laughs> maybe you did. <laughs> or maybe I fucking had COVID. Yeah. Maybe. yeah. Uh, while some pay, uh, people's headaches disappear alongside the illness, other patients can't seem to shake them even long after their COVID symptoms are gone. Dr. Neely Kaplan Mirth tested positive for COVID at the start of April. The Ottawa family physician is now well enough to resume seeing patients, but she still has an incessant headache that she describes as like a vice. 
It's like a cool song by uh, mm. by fucking Meg Thee Stallion or something. <laughs> Talking about her butt cheeks like a vice, you know? <laughs> um, quote, it's like you're wearing a hat that's too small, Kaplan Mirth told CBC News. Yes. It's a dull pain that's just always there. For Scott Schmidt, the COVID headache, quote, was like living underwater for a few weeks <laughs> with a constant pressure behind his eyes. Mm. Quote, I was like, I just cannot shake this headache for the life of me. I became used to it. I honestly just started going about my day with a headache, Schmidt, uh, a journalist from Medicine Hat, Alberta, said. For some people, the headache just won't go away long after they're no longer infected. Exactly why isn't yet well understood. Quote, there are multiple possibilities at this point, and I don't think we have a good handle on it yet, says Dr. Jennifer Frontera, a neurology professor at the NYU Grossman School of Medicine Dude. who is researching post-COVID conditions. When I when I read this article that morning that I woke up with a headache, I was like... Were you huh. freaking? I was like, well, this could last could forever. forever. Like, yeah. it, it's funny because this article was in the back of my mind the entire time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, had I mean, COVID. and that's and the, and then it also becomes hard to <clears throat> disentangle yeah. how much the information that you get is psychologically playing into how yeah. you feel. Uh, yeah. Honestly though, it it's wasn't like when until, someone gets covid like um, and you know them. Totally. And then you're and then like for like 4 days you're like as soon as you yeah, got covid, my throat hurt? even though we hadn't seen each other, I'm like, oh, do I have covid? Like yeah, you, you know, you just yeah. you start yeah. to or as soon as you think you have a symptom then you become convinced yes. in a certain to a certain degree but, that you are sick. But honestly, it wasn't until I was uh, texting Matt Slaney and, and he had just had COVID as well. And he recommended um, taking like some Tylenol or Advil. And then Jared texted you and you went and got me some Advil. Mm. And I, as soon as I took that Advil um, in like 45 minutes, my headache was like I couldn't feel it. Mm. And that was like the massive game changer. I just basically took like three Advil a day mm. for the next four or five days. And it would, if I, if it wasn't for that. So if anybody's listening to this and they're like worried that they have COVID right now and they have headaches, take Advil and, and honestly yeah. you'll be fine. They do say for anyone who's worrying, uh, the good news is that most long COVID patients responding, respond to existing treatments for headaches and migraines. Mm. Says Dr. Angela Chung, a long COVID researcher based out of the like Toronto tre treatment, University treatment Health like, Network. Uh, ibuprofen and yeah, shit. exactly. Yeah, uh, those treatments can include prescription medications, massage, and mindfulness, depending on the diagnosis. Uh, Chung also reminds patients who despair about their long COVID symptoms that quote it doesn't mean that you will have this forever. Let's hope. Her advice quote: trying to deal with what you're currently uh, <laughs> experiencing one step at a time because we're learning so much every day with COVID. So uh, it, again, man, I, like it just makes me think about how fucking wild it's going to be in like twenty years when we when we have so much more data yeah. on all of this. And yeah, I have uh, I have something I want to that I want to chat about. I, I don't know if we really need to chat about it, but I want to bring it up more. So this it's about mass. I don't want it to become this like fucking mass conversation. It's more about psychological. We talked about it at lunch the other day, and you know if you want to comment on it for sure. But I'm more more so interested in somebody in people who are listening. So since the mask mandates have like, I mean, they're pretty much gone all over the country. I don't think there are any around the country uh, yeah, now. I don't think so. Um, and they're not here in, in Nova Scotia. And so since they the, actually, they actually, I think they might be on PEI still might be. So yeah. they're not, they're not here. And, and when they, when they left Nova Scotia, which was uh, mid March or late, late March, um, I started noticing that there was a ton of that there was a that there was a lot of people wearing masks outside by themselves during the day, and and I 
and you know through this whole through the whole thing like when masks were on like there was always there was always like a hey this is not something that's necessary covid really doesn't doesn't trans like i think almost Very hard to trans like extremely hard if not next to impossible to transmit outside during yeah. the day like you know, but during less, the night, it's all it's very yeah. different. You know, <laughs> like in, all those zombie games you play when night falls. Ooh, like okay. unless you're, you know, unless you're, unless you're, you know, like hugging or kissing or something. Like it's very, yeah. very hard. And so I, I, I thought that that was so interesting. And at first, I went, oh, I, I kind of thought about it in like a, in a little bit of a bad way. Like, oh, why are you doing that? And then as I started to see it, I started to kind of see it more as this like psychological thing, like a psychological toll that COVID has taken on the population of going, despite, despite all evidence to the contrary, this is still something that people are doing out of like a psychological fear or insecurity or insecurities may not be the right word, but if like a fear or, or a concern that they might get COVID. And, um, and I, I'm, and every time I see somebody outside who's wearing a mask by themselves, like walking down the street, nobody around them with a mask on, I, I want to go, not in like a judgment way, but in like a, I want to go, what is the, like, what drives the decision? Like, where does the information come from? Or is, is it based on information? Or is it just based on a feeling? Is it based on something that somebody told you? And so really broadly, I want to, if there's anybody out there that's listening, that's going, yeah, I wear a mask during the day when I'm walking around outside by myself. I want to know what that, like where that comes from. You know from. what I bet it is? Because I, I, I've thought about this after we had that conversation. It's, uh, I, I think it's, I mean, I, I don't know how much like insecurity or, or, or fear plays into it. I think it's, I think it's less about that. And it's more about a, an, 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 uh, um, an, uh, an okay. adoption of mask culture that we mm. haven't had like a in, safety in, blanket in, in western in the western world mm -hmm. right so you go to korea um five years ago right um and tons of people are wearing masks everywhere all the fucking time because culturally it's accepted and it is known that like all right during flu season i wear a mask uh if i'm not feeling well i wear a mask if um you know, if I'm going to be in a small area for a long period of time, like a like a transit system, like a, a train or something, I wear a mask. Yeah, and I culturally, it just it's it's what they do. Yeah, and yeah. we for I mean, as someone who's worn a mask in public long before COVID, there was this feeling that I had. Like I would go to the the the, the climbing gym, right? I would go to Seven Bays here here in Halifax, and I would use the I would be bolt be bouldering. And there's a lot of chalk and dust in there. And it, it's insane the amount of chalk. And I would notice like that's fucking my lungs up, but I really like climbing. So I would wear a mask when I went and I would feel so self-conscious wearing a mask while I'm in there. Like, like I, cause I get looks, you would get looks like what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Kind of yeah. Now, after two years of COVID, that culture of mask wearing has been adopted here. And I think that there's people that just that fucking like it. You know, it's like, I like wearing a mask. They, Sometimes I was, I was having this conversation with, with the, with my friend Todd the other day where I was, we were talking about like, sometimes it feels so fucking good to just be out wearing a mask with a hat and glasses on. Cause you don't got to talk to no one. Totally. Like, no yeah. one recognizes yeah. you. And if they do, 
They kind of aren't really sure. So you don't have to fucking say hello. And it's like, <laughs> there's something kind of nice about it. It's yeah. like, you're, you're, it's like, you know, that get that comfortable sure. feeling where you yeah. like, you put your hood up and you got your hat on and you're like, yeah, and it's just me. I that's don't my stone. That's my public stoned look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. that. Right. So I, 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 I'm sure there is something, you know, there's something there that has to do with like fear of getting sick or whatever, but I think it's less that. And I think it's more of a cultural adaptation of this thing that we have like, that we now accept. And for some people it feels good. The you other know, thing it just feels is, um, good to do it. is, is um, um, less so here probably, but um, pollutants in the air. Like sometimes there's yeah, just bad, bad air quality. And yeah. so yeah. masks can help with that. But the, the big thing that is relevant here is um, like allergens in the air. Yeah. So I saw a thing the other day that um, people are Especially feeling, right like now, you're saying, right? people like, are feeling more comfortable during like pollen season yeah. and, and is this, this is pollen season now, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, and so people are starting to feel more comfortable. Like you were saying, Jerry, with the example of being at the climbing gym, like people who have allergies who never felt comfortable being outside wearing masks before, like, Hey, fuck. Like I'll, I've I'll noticed that this is, I'll wear a mask. Yeah, exactly. Outside like they've noticed like, you know, Oh wow. This will make a, me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then the other, the <laughs> other thing is, is, um, well, I would have said this a few months ago, Man, I was wearing a mask outside all the time when it was fucking cold. It was out. cold as shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's fucking it was awesome. amazing yeah. having a mask yeah. over your face. Yeah. Then. So, so, yeah, I, so, yeah. So I would love, I would just love to, to get like an eclectic collection of responses from people and uh, uh, in terms of like <laughs> what, what the reasoning, what the, what the, what's driving the reason, reasoning behind wearing it. Because, because COVID is so obviously central to like, everything right mm. now the default assumption is that you're wearing it because it's covid but mm. that's an interesting perspective that you have that it's or and that you have like pollen season that that makes sense to me that it's that also that it's culturally just we've we're sort of entering a phase culturally that a lot of asian countries have been in for years a long time fucking forever yeah. yeah i mean it could be it could be something as simple as like you're walking from the front door of your apartment like me for example i parked my car on the street I walk out the door. I have my mask on when I'm leaving the apartment. I have either things in my hand or my hands in my pocket. Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah. when I get in my car, I'll take my mask off. Yeah. And somebody's driving down the street and sees me for a second. Yeah. And they're like, look at this fucking guy wearing or, a or mask. Or you just on have it on you and you, it's so comfortable that you don't even like yeah. you Dude, forget. You know? I saw, I saw <laughs> Tank Sinatra posted a meme. And this is like a long time ago where he was like, he, it was something along the lines of like, you know, when, when, when you just get in your car and you had your hands full, and you forgot to take your mask off, and then you realize that people are looking at you, wondering why you're wearing a mask yeah. in your car by yourself. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, he's like, oh, "God damn it!" <laughs> it um, is really funny. Or maybe somebody's just wearing their mask outside on their own intentionally to make people like you who are curious, Taylor, go, "What the fuck is this guy?" Yeah, just they're just trolling me. <laughs> Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. Um, uh, this is, uh, this is fucking awesome news. Uh, this popped up, uh, on my newsfeed today. Health Canada lifts ban on blood donation from men who have sex with men. 
uh, putting an end to a practice long criticized as discriminatory and homophobic. The regulator announced in a statement that it had authorized a submission from Canadian Blood Services to remove the current ban on donations from men who have had sex with men in the last three years. Sorry, Sorry. say that again? Sorry, last three months. But still, (laughs) fucking three months. If you fucked a dude in the last three months and you're like, I'm going to go donate blood and you show up. And they go, okay, cool. And have you had sex with a man recently? And you go, uh, yeah, I had sex with my, my fucking partner last night. They go, nah. So that's still a thing. It even was. though they're, it oh, was, it was. And then they're up until that. right now, they lifted oh, the ban. So that was the old rule. It wasn't just, it wasn't just you're gay. So now you can't give blood. It was three months was like, if a you've window. had sex in within the last three months with another male and you are a male, then you cannot donate. And is that's that, done now. Is that, that is done. stigma Dude, that's God. left over still from like <laughs> yeah. the HIV, AIDS, HIV, yeah. Yeah. And, right. not, and not to bring this, not to bring it back to COVID, but like, I, and, and I'm interested in this from anybody, anybody, <clears throat> especially if you were, especially if you were like sexually active in the gay community in like the late eighties and the nineties and like that period where HIV was like, HIV was a fuck, like a craze. It was a pandemic. Like I, I want to know, like, do, do, do people feel any similarities in, especially with COVID in the early days in terms of like how people treated COVID and people who got COVID to sort of like the AIDS epidemic in the way that, you know, how, especially early on, probably in that first year, how it felt like there was a, there was like a judgment. Like if you got COVID, then you had been bad mm. in some way like you had been engaging in some type of like risky activity that you shouldn't have yeah. been engaged in and that mm. there was like a judgment placed on you because i still feel that from certain people now yeah. where i'm like really you're still yeah. you're I mean, still passing that, that like judgment that, that that definitely existed but i don't i i mean i think it's way it way was way worse or the alienation yeah back in totally, the, the totally. days yeah i mean i don't, I I don't got, want to i don't want to, want to seem like i'm equating it like no the same yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. But I, I want to know, I'm interested in just if, if, you know, people who experienced that then yeah. see any compare, like see any similarities yeah. now. Um, um, well, by the way, I just want to say that new policy, it's, it's not in effect yet. It takes effect uh, September 30th of yeah. this year. So, um, uh, which will screen all donors regardless of their gender or sexuality or quote, high risk sexual behaviors. See, isn't that, isn't that frustrating in and of itself that it takes effect at a later date? I know. Cause it's like. You, you, this has been, like, out, what do you got to do is, to prep? Like this is just outdated. fucking say it and then do it. And it's so, outda- it's been, it's, it's so stupid. It's not even outdated because it was never dated. Mm. It never made any sense anyway. Yeah. Like it, it, it was always just a stigmatized, uh, lack of understanding and, you know, ignorance that caused that that policy to be in the, to be in effect anyway. I mean, aren't they screening mm-hmm. all of the blood anyway? Like, are we assuming that they test the yeah, blood? Yeah, probably. When they get it? It's probably like, just obviously, a fear they, of like it getting through. You like, know, I wonder I if they do. I mean, that would make sense no, that they ha- do. They'd have but to. They'd have to. Yeah, fuck, dude. That's a, crazy. That's a. Yeah. That's a. The lab work. But I mean, like, you're crazy. not allowed to donate do blood if you traveled to a certain country in the last six months, too. I don't right? know. I've, like, I've never donated blood. There, there's interesting rules around it, like like that. That. That are not discriminatory rules, but like just like rules that exist yeah. for whatever yeah. Like reason. if you uh, you know if you went to a I don't know a, like a I don't know like 
I'm guessing because I have no idea, but like a country that might have a lot of malaria or yeah, I know when I traveled to India or and like I that. came back to Canada and I went to donate blood, I wasn't able to. Mm. And um, and it was like if you've been there in the last 60 or 180 days, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, but <clears throat> I would assume that if somebody, you know, like if somebody had that, like got you know, malaria, but didn't travel to one of those countries and for some reason got malaria and they went to donate blood, I would assume that they would probably be screening their blood yeah. and catch that mm. rather than like taking the risk of giving somebody blood that could potentially have. I mean, it's just such a fuck, like the idea. I don't know. That <laughs> still is, is, is embedded in the policy that still will be in effect until September yeah. that you are somehow like, you are somehow immune to HIV because you're not gay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That is so insane. Yeah. Like so that they, they we, do, they do say here, Canadian blood services said this will mean asking all donors whether they've had anal sex with new or multiple partners in the last three months. So, so I, I don't really know if that will like make a day. Like if you say, well, yeah, like if that, if, if that'll make a difference or not, but you're not just getting HIV from anal sex, right? I, I mean, no, or is it no. just, or is yeah, just no. is it easier to get it it's, if you're having it, anal sex? It's or? a lot harder to get from from just like penis and vaginal sex. Um, so the uh, I think it's because it's blood, right? It's and there's more tearing that can occur yeah. when it's right. when you have anal sex. Um, I just went to Canadian Blood Services and underneath testing it says when the donation is complete, several blood samples are taken <laughs> to test for infectious diseases blood groups and compatibility mm. the units and samples are sent to canadian blood services laboratories for processing yeah wow so they're gonna te so so for the last three decades at least they've been saying we're gonna test this shit anyway but we're not even gonna take it even though it would be tested the well the second paragraph is interesting because the, the there's one more paragraph here that says despite its sophistication no test is 100 percent perfect in addition, tests can fail for technical reasons or because the pathogen has mutated. Yeah, so it's That's like a why, fear that it would slip by. Well, it says this is why we rely on our donator uh, on our donors to be honest about their exposure risk when completing the donor eligibility screening criteria, yeah. which is part of a multi-tiered safety system designed to protect patients. Yeah, they said uh, today's approval from Health Canada is the result of over a decade of work to make participation in Canada's lifeline as inclusive as possible without compromising the safety of biological products or the security of supply, said a statement from Dr. Graham Schur, CEO of Canada Blood Services. Quote, numerous uh, 2S LGBTQIA plus and other stakeholder groups, researchers and Canadian Blood Service employees have contributed countless hours to this effort over the years. This could not have happened without their hard work. Health Canada said its authorization was based on assessing scientific evidence, indicating it also held a meeting on April 13th of scientific and medical experts to seek input of, on the change. Uh, the ban has been in place since early 1990s when it was seen as a way of protecting the blood supply from contamination with HIV. It began as a lifetime ban with the period being reduced over the years. Health Canada has said that previous reductions of the ban did not lead to increases in HIV positive blood donations. Duh. Uh, the Liberals promised in 2015 and 2019 election campaigns to repeal the ban, but that promise was absent in Seven their 2021 years. And platform. like, think about, I know this is, I, this is just like kind of thinking about the web of implications and consequences that, that a policy like this that's been in place for a long time ends up having. Like, 
how many you're, you're, you're almost, you're almost excluding by nature of the policy. Gay people working for Canada blood services, because how could you possibly think that it's valuable to work for an organization that is actively discriminating against you? Well, you know how you, you know how you think it's valuable, and I bet you there's some people in, like in from the inside type deal. Yeah, exactly. Being like, well, I'm going to fucking work there and advocate for the fact that this is bullshit. Yeah, you know. Um, speaking of blood donation, this is a fucking trippy article title. I love learning about this stuff because it's like conversations like this where I'm like, I'm in over my head over this, but. You know, we'll Google something. Yeah. We'll learn about it. Amen. Somebody will write us yeah, and yeah, say, yeah. Totally, hey, you totally, fucking idiots. Yeah. Totally cool with speculating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, when I was prepping today's episode, I was, Kira was sitting next to me and I was doing this and she was looking at the stuff I was putting down. And she goes, do you ever like, um, do you ever like verify some of this stuff? And I was like, no. <laughs> Our audience verifies <laughs> it. And her face, she was like, what, really? And I was like, no, no, this, trust me. People write yeah. in. They, they let us know. Sometimes we don't read the articles. <laughs> we just read the headlines. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you get it wrong. Sometimes you get it right. Uh, this is a trippy fucking uh, uh, title. Regular blood donations can reduce toxic forever chemicals in the bloodstream. So we've been talking about uh, forever huh. chemicals and nano, nanoplastics and microplastics. So regular blood donations basically are like one of the key ways in order for us to just rid ourselves. Because you're making new blood. That's right. Uh, They're in the air, they're in the water, they're in the food we consume, and now they're in our blood. They are perfluorocarbon... Oh, man, guys. I I mean, honestly, I don't think you guys could... Perfluorocytal... Nope. Here here we go. Perfluorocytal... That was it. Perfluorocytal... Perfluorocytal... Ooh, it sounds like a more could be smooth. It, yeah. uh, polyfluorical. It's fluorical. That's probably it. Uh, perfluorical and polyfluorical substances, also known as PFAs. We'll just say PFAs. Yeah. Uh, or forever chemicals, substances that make up plastic and never degrade. They've been linked to numerous health conditions. They contaminate and del- uh, the delicate balance of gut microbiomes. They cause asthma and other lung diseases. And now they're in our bloodstream where they're difficult to remove and we're all going to die. A landmark trial has now found that donating blood regularly can cleanse the bloodstream of PFAs. Yeah, it's finding that marks the first time we figured out how to rid the body of forever chemicals. So you're giving, so you're donating your blood that's got these chemicals in it. We've all got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, We've all got right. it. That's right. You're giving it away yeah. so that somebody else can have it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're going, sweet, yeah. and I'll make the not new mine. fresh, I'll make the new fresh <laughs> yeah. pure stuff. That's right. Now my problem now. You know what's funny is I bet in LA, if this was a treatment that you could go and get done and your blood wasn't being used to help somebody else, people would pay a lot of money to have this done. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you would go and you'd just be like, just throw it away. Yeah. Like if you like advertise like, like, um, blood cleansing treatment that helps get rid of plastics in your drug, in your blood, then I bet people would sign up and pay to go and have that done. Dude, I bet you for free and help. I bet you, I I bet you billionaire it's worked into billionaires like weekly thing where they're like every, every like Sunday, a billionaire just sits down and they, they get drained of half their blood. Have you guys watched? So, have either of you guys watched Silicon Valley? No, no. The one of the, the there's like a the the character that owns uh, Huli. He's like the he's like the mega bill. He's like the Jeff Bezos yeah, tech yeah, billionaire yeah. sort of guy, and he's like he's the most narcissistic character. And he has uh he has a uh, like me. He has a trainer uh, that that trains him, but his trainer also is he's like 
20 years old and he's like incredibly fit. He also, they also do blood transfusions to each other so that he can take the younger <laughs> young, fit person's yeah, yeah, yeah. blood. The drama queen. Um, uh, the research published in JAMA Network Open <clears throat> included 285 firefighters from Australia who donated blood and plasma over 12 months. Interesting thing here. Firefighters are more exposed to PFAs than the average person, making them a perfect case study for the research. The firefighters were divided into three groups. One would donate plasma every six weeks. One would donate blood every 12 weeks. And one would simply be under observation. They say, quote, we don't want to see these chemicals in our body. We don't want to be guinea pigs to see what's going to happen to us in 10, 20, 30 years. Let's get them out. Study co-author Mark Taylor said of the firefighters response. Plasma donation was the most effective intervention, uh, reducing mean serum pleuro... Perfluorocutane <laughs> sulfonate levels by 2.9 um, nanograms, milliliters, uh, compared with a 1.1 milliliter reduction with blood donation. A significant difference. Similar changes were seen in, uh, with other, other PFAs, uh, the paper stated. In other words, donating plasma was found to be more effective than donating blood though both were effective in reducing the overall amount of chemicals in the bloodstream. And this is significant. Thus far, no other investigation has worked at, in reducing PFAs in the blood. And the PFAs were, um, when this... I mean, this is the reason why we're going to have a sterile world in 40 years. And we, we talked about this um, when uh, it was Aaron Brockovich mm -hmm. did a, uh, an article about it. That, that, that she did an article viral. about the woman that wrote the book about it. Right, yes. Yeah. And... Um, and uh, and then we wanted to talk to the woman who had the book, but then she was on Rogan, and then she was way too uh, fucking popular for us to get on our show. And um, um, that was all about fertility. It was all about how there. It, it was all about how that woman is convinced that in four years there is going to be a zero sperm count. Yeah, it's an existential crisis. And 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 I wasn't there for the sh for the conversation because it was like a day or two after I had my daughter, but. Um, we talked to a demographer about population right. stuff yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, declining populations and like lopsided populations with regards to age and everything like that has major, major impacts yeah. across everything. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like, uh, if your sperm, um, ducks that carry your, what, what is it called? Your, uh, tubes that. Vast deference. Your vast deference. Your vast deference. So it's like as if they're a lazy river mm. and your sperm okay, yeah. are um, people on tubes that are floating down it. But tubing. I feel um, like we had this lazy river tube. Yeah. Oh, this is probably the seventh lazy river okay. analogy that he's made. And they're all completely different situations, right. but they all they line up. And, and it's in a, the it's lazy river, analogy. there's a bunch of PFAs that are beach balls. Yeah. And like, you know, there's too, a bunch of them in there and they're, they're not clogging up the lazy river, but if you get enough of them in there, you're going to have a backlog. Go, they'll, they'll clog up your entire lazy yeah. river. You got to shut down the park. Yeah. Great analogy. Uh, all right, right, let's move on to what the hell? This is from Jill on our discord. Thanks, Jill. This is, this does, this made me feel weird. I don't like this. <laughs> a rare case of wobbly vision. Don't say that. And a cyst behind the eye. Caused by chewing. Like ch chewing food? Yep. This sounds like something that you'd say to your kid if they chewed with their mouth open. Like, you're going to get a cyst behind your eye. Yeah, this sounds, this, this sounds to me 
like 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 too much science you know what i mean like like yeah like pull back the you know science. you know like 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 if <laughs> you like like if you were like the like this is like an article that you'd see on the Huff, huffington post that's like 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 five reasons walking is bad for you yeah, yeah, yeah. like and you know yeah. and they'd yeah, be yeah, like stop chewing and it'd be like here's all the reasons yeah. here's all the reasons that this thing that is super essential to your life is bad <laughs> trying to reach 20,000 steps in one day think again yeah yeah, yeah. uh d- before i get into this a little like side story about the uh, telling your kid like if you chew if you chew with your mouth open you're gonna get wobbly eye vision um the other day i was at my sister's house and uh and my my three-year-old nephew austin was picking his nose and eating it like, uh, yeah. like constantly and i was like hey 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 don't do that dude that's that's nasty. I heard roll, this story. Just because, roll it. You know, Jared play with it. And then just yeah, it. Yeah, do it. Taylor just roll <laughs> it and flick it wherever the fuck you are. It doesn't even matter. Taylor rolls it and saves it. He like puts no, it I on don't. the table no, and no, saves yeah, it Yeah, you do. You jam no, it under your seat. No, I don't save it. So uh, so he was he was eating them. I was like, ew, don't do that. And he goes, why? And I was like, because it's, it's dirt, dude. That's mud. And he goes, no. And I was like, your boogers are mud. And he goes, no. And he looks looks at my sister and she's like, it, it's true. And I was like, I'm telling you, man, look. So I brought this video. I just Googled boogers are are dirt and it was this video for kids about why you shouldn't eat your boogers i was like perfect so i played it and while it's playing the woman's like you know she's like celia in your nose collects dust particles and the dust gets hard and it's and she's like and it, it kind of crack it gets hard like uh, like mud and i was like see it's mud and he was like no and then she was like here's an here's an image of boogers in your nose and it was this image of these boogers but they had eyes and like sharp teeth. And I, and, and I, and, 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 and then I went hard on that. I went, do you see, I paused. I was like, do you see this Hudson or Austin? I was like, do you see, see what, what, what are those? And he goes teeth. And I go, so yeah, they have teeth. And listen, when you eat your boogers, they will, if there, if there's enough in there, they will eat you from the inside out. Oh my God. This they'll is chew, the whole like watermelon seed they'll, thing. They'll chew out your belly. <laughs> they'll chew out your belly and they'll cause a hole in your stomach and they'll come right out of your belly button. You, you'll die. Oh my God. And so that was like three weeks ago. I went over last night and he picked his nose and I was watching. I was like, motherfucker. He takes his finger out and he walks over to my mom or to my sister and he just goes, yeah. And she goes, oh, thank you. And she just takes it off and like puts it on the ground. I was like, hey, how come you didn't eat that? He goes, as if I didn't tell him, he goes, they have teeth and they will eat my belly out. And I was like, yeah dude That's fuck hilarious. yeah dude and now you're gonna believe that until you're 18 and then you're gonna tell someone and someone's father's gonna hear it and go you're a fucking idiot wait hold on i can't even remember what we were what, what, what were we talking about why did we get on this so rare case of wobbly vision and assist behind the eye caused by chewing you Here said wait wait i want to know why taylor thinks this is too much science <laughs> well let's get to this so uh there's a 21 year old man he went to the doctor after noticing his left eye was increasingly protruding from his skull only to find out that he had a cyst behind his eye which had been caused by his chewing. This is a rare situation described in a case report published by, by BMJ Case Reports last week. Uh, occurred due to a skull defect that allowed the movement of the jaw to put undue pressure on the structures around the eye, which ended up disrupting his vision. The patient <laughs> first visited a oculoplasty clinic, a clinic which performs cosmetic surgery on eyes, complaining that his left eye had been slowly bulging more and more from his face over the last 18 months. Do you guys think that this is the same defect that the people in the Guinness Book of World Records like for like eye popping have? Oh, man. I don't think so. Um, I have. I know I, that, the image of that woman popping her Dude, eyes her out. Her eyes came out yeah. so far. Yeah. 
Uh, he was also experiencing uh, oscillopsia. Supercut of Jared trying to speak words. <laughs> I was thinking of making that. <laughs> I was like, don't. are there enough of don't. those words my, in my this skin, episode? My skin's not thick enough. And also, I fucking, I've been reading the emails that you fucking cucks out there sending us <laughs> laughing at me not being able like, you pronounce all these fucking medical words once a week every week um uh, the os- doctors are like oscillopsia yeah. <laughs> which is uh, unstable vision in which the world around a person appears to be moving when it's actually stationary Ugh. there was no pain associated with the eye's new forward <clears throat> position and when doctors investigated they found there was no difference between the vision in his eyes uh, and he was able to move all of his eye muscles when doctors dilated his eyes to inspect the back of the eyeball, they saw no glaring issues, but there was a visible bulging of the left eye around three millimeters. Eventually, doctors discovered the issue stemmed from a mass in the intraconal space, a region in the muscles directly behind the eyeball itself, but, um, but weren't sure what it was. They believed that it was either made up of a tangle of bleeding capillaries a tumor within the nervous system itself, or a dermoid cyst containing fluid. The third option turned out to be the culprit, the cyst. Uh, CT scans revealed a cystic lesion in the patient's left eye measuring about two centimeters long and two centimeters wide. Doctors realized that a pre-existing bone defect in the patient's eye socket was allowing this cyst to extend into a skull structure called the infra infratemporal fossa, which nerves pass through, thus displacing the opti- optic nerve itself. You kind of nailed that one. <laughs> Once the problem was isolated, the question turned to how the cyst had gotten there. Further examination of the patient showed that the bulging of his eye, which persisted even when he was at rest, got worse when he was chewing. Quote, on repeated chewing movements, the eyeball was seen wobbling in, uh, in anteroposterior direction. The case report state stated. What do you guys think he was chewing? Because like I'm trying to imagine, Dude, try to imagine I know the ex- impact of chewing. Like, I know what it was. You have to be chewing so aggressively that your eyes fucking. He was chewing thing. that. He was chewing that stringy baseball gum. You know what I'm saying? Like that old like pink sh- oh, string yeah. gum that you would like wads of it. Like the double bubble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That um, stuff's so good. Dude, what's up with baseball players chewing gum? It's those boring, guys, man. It's, they get bored those guys out there. load up well, the gum. It's probably, uh, it's probably they're probably trying not to chew tobacco. That yeah, or maybe, f- yeah, maybe. not fall maybe. asleep. Yeah, because yeah. imagine dude, being <laughs> like a, dude, it's so <laughs> fucking boring, dude. I Every time I go baseball. over to my, my sister's place, Pat loves that shit. Baseball's on the TV, and I'm sitting there going, "Fucking shoot me, dude! What are we dude, watching here? This yeah. is insane." I think I told you that guys this last year. Like, I I enjoy putting baseball on in the background as like the white noise to fall asleep to. Cause it's yeah. so boring. It is very like fall asleeping. You know like, why I don't do that? Because when I was, when I was, um, when I was five, I woke, I was in bed and my parents' bedroom was right down the hall. And you heard the world series was baseball? on really <laughs> fucking loud. And uh, over the noise of that loud, loud, loud world series with the blue Jays in, in the it playing, playing the world series with Joe Carter 96? I was hearing my parents fuck over the over the sound and of that loud tr- noise. And that's the trauma. And that's the trauma. And that's why baseball is And so every time every time you boring, turn a baseball dude. game on, this is what Jerry hears in his in his head. 
I remember I, I, I was, I sat there and I, cr- I was crying. I was crying. I was crying. And I think I yelled out, stop hurting my mom. That's what I said. I'm not even joking. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and your dad was like, oh, it was Eric. We got to take him to the farm. <laughs> uh, they were unable to surgically remove the cyst, after which the patient reported that the oscilloposia had ceased and the bulging was gone. Jerry, I like that when you became started to become self-conscious, you just started saying the word with conviction. <laughs> yeah. And now it, now it sounds like you're getting it right at least. Yeah, yeah it's actually oscillopsia. Uh, dermatoid cysts are the most common type of orbital tumors seen in infants and children. Uh, this guy's 21. According to the case report, the, the dumbbell dermoid cysts make up about uh, 6% of all dermoid cysts. In order for a person's chewing to cause oscillopsia, uh, they must have also uh, also have a defect in the bones around the eye itself. If a patient has this bone defect, then the movement of the jaw can push soft tissue into the eye or muscles and nerves behind it. Oh. In, th- in a three-year follow-up after the patient's surgery, there have been no reoccurrence of either olepsopsia or <laughs> eyes protruding. So, so this isn't so this isn't too much science. No, know? no, it's this just guy. This guy had a guy issue. with a fucked up face. He had an issue. Yeah. They looked into it. They investigated. Yeah. They found out this is the reason. Now, this gets translated into a study, then gets translated into an article, and then that article gets sent around online, and <laughs> uh, a significant portion of people don't read it. They just see the headline, and then now you've got a niche group of people that don't chew who don't want to chew. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it really, if you read it again, rare case of wobbly vision and assist behind the eye caused by chewing. Um, rare case. That, if they had just gone wobbly vision and cyst behind the eye caused by chewing. Do you guys think that there I are, I don't think it matters. Are, do you think that there are bot like regular bodily functions that you do on a day-to-day basis that concern you that you put, like if you put too much effort into them, it concerns you that you might do damage to your body. Yes. So like, yeah, yeah. What do you, what comes to mind? Uh, so I do this thing where there's just behind my condo, there's like an alleyway and I can go right behind. No one can see me. And I've got this thing where, and I do it every single day. Rain doesn't get to this place. So, so the stain on the wall stays and I can, I measure how far up the wall I can piss and I just push it out really yeah. hard. I'm yeah. trying to set like yeah. a new PB every Not day. Supposed to push, yeah. and maybe that's why I have a UTI. Like pushing is yeah. bad. Pushing aggressively when you when you pee could definitely be one of those things. Like if you were like standing in a a, a toilet in a public bathroom and somebody else is peeing next to you, and you wanted to make your stream sound strong, you know, so that like the person in the stall next to you really, you know, they know Has you're stream envy. Yeah, like they real. good solid pressure by that. I could see that. Actually, yeah. though, the, uh, no, all jokes aside, sitting on the toilet too long when I'm taking a shit. What do you and, mean? Yeah. Uh, just by just by the nature of sitting on the toilet, uh, you are you are increasing your risk of developing hemorrhoids. Well, so because you, you're like you're too you're too you're 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 telling you're giving too much time. Uh, for your with sphincter your brain, to be, your brain is telling your your butthole to be uh, open and available for too long. I don't know the science behind it, but yeah, I think it's something like that. And so, like, actually, like if you you know, sometimes you'll sit down, and take a shit, and you're there for like 15 minutes because you're just scrolling Instagram. Yeah, uh, that's bad for your butt, dude. What a fine and delicate balance, then, because the opposite of that would be pushing too hard to yep. expedite the yep. the poo poo process. Yep. Life's a balance. It is. Life's a balance. Yeah. And everything that you do is marching you one step closer to your grave. Yeah. I don't know what the title of this episode is going to be. It's either going to be Life's a Balance um, 
bad for your butthole or uh my dad my fa- jeremy's father killed his fucking dog <laughs> my dog went to the farm <laughs> is he dead yeah, question mark yeah. that'll be the youtube version you of go. the title question mark dead farm um, real all right let's wrap this up i got a meeting no, wait no we have to go to the gym no no i gotta do this meeting first and then we go i'm gonna ride my bike and love my you daughter. should actually you should sit in on the meeting with me okay it'd be good to have at least more than one of us Oh, uh, hey, everyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're, we're still recording. <laughs> all right, folks. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We hope you have fun. Uh, we love doing these Feel Good Friday episodes. So glad you're with us. And if you want to support the podcast, you can do that by leaving a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or simply leave a rating on the mobile app on your Spotify app. Um, and uh, and of course, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to all of our, our Discord members. Um, Jill, you won a, a Executive Producer of the Week. So congratulations. Hell yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's the sound of Jer and uh, Jer's parents. That's, uh, that's boning. Uh, fuck. <laughs> uh, and uh, and if you want to join the the conversations over on Discord uh, every day, we're getting new folks over there. So nice to see people in the introductory channel, uh, giving a shout out to where they're from and what they live with, if they live with something fun, um, or if they're just you know expressing why they listen to the podcast. We love all of you. Thank you so much for taking part in these fucking cool supportive lovely conversations and you can be a part of that too check out the discord link in the show notes of this episode or any of the show notes of any of the episodes for the past few months and we talked about earlier on the episode um really really genuinely interested in the wide variety i'm sure wide variety of reasons why uh people might be wearing masks outside by themselves during the day if you want to let us know what that reason is for you and just give some context to that Love to hear it. Letters at sickboypodcast.com um, or message us, message us on uh, Instagram and follow us, obviously. Um, and if you want to be a guest on the show, go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact. Sweet. And uh, a big thank you, as always, to the folks that make this show happen on a weekly basis. Uh, Donovan, the Meerkat, CPAP Morgan, thank you so much for the amazing sound design that you do. Um, Jer, on these episodes, you're, you're amazing. I love you. Um, Rich O'Coin for the theme music and take part on Mondays. Or did you just and think Jer, but not me? Jer, Jer does the sound design on Friday. It's I a do. whole thing. I do all the yeah. work. Yeah, and on Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, but anyway. <laughs> thanks, dude. Thank you so much, bro. Yeah, no problem. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. So, thanks so much for uh, handling the social media stuff. Like, I just really appreciate when you do that. A huge thank you to uh, our manager, Jeff Lonis, and to Rich O'Coin for the theme music on these episodes. That's it for this week. I just want to thank so many people, you guys. Yep. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.